Welcome to Career Revisionist with Dr. Grace Lee, dedicated to doers, dreamers, and realists who want more success and satisfaction in their life. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a fulfilling career where it's all about doing work you love and growing your income without sacrificing your values? And here's your host. Her superpower is her ability to learn and apply what she's learned, Dr. Grace Lee. Hey, it's Grace, and welcome to another episode of Career Revisionist. Yes, I always believed it was so important to learn things and learn cross-disciplinary, applying your knowledge in one area to another area that may seem unrelated, but when you look hard enough, there are patterns. And yeah, I do agree. It is my superpower. I have the ability to learn, apply what I've learned, and apply them in a cross-disciplinary way. And it really started when in math, you know, in high school, when you start to learn algebra, you start to learn trigonometry and geometry and all that stuff like that. And then your classmates are sitting there and they everyone's like complaining that there's math tests, there's math homework, and then that that whole that whole attitude of why am I learning this? I'm never going to have to use it in the future, right? And so all of my classmates were saying this, and and it continued on to college as well. I mean, I went in, I went on to do calculus in my first degree because it was a requirement for my science degree. I majored in biochemistry, so I had to do calculus in first level, second level first year, second year calculus, and I had to do them for both semesters of the whole year. And I even had some classmates in college saying, well, I don't know why I have to learn this. I just want to, I just want to focus on what I'm going to be doing. And I don't see how I'm going to be ever using calculus in the future. And that's where it really started for me hearing this often enough in high school. Anyway, I set out for myself this mission to look at to go deeper into that statement and say that, okay, there, there's a reason why you're learning this. And you may not be able to apply it, those exact principles of mathematics. But when you learn from that, the process of getting good at that, the process of mastering those mathematical skills can be applied elsewhere. So I have this whole, I approach everything, everything that I learn, everything that is new to me, I approach it with, what can I learn here that can be applied in different contexts and in different situations? Right. And so that's really what carried me through. So this is really a great segue into what I want to be talking to you about today. And it's about public speaking, right? How to speak confidently. I was not always good at this. I mean, if you're listening to my podcast, maybe you have been to one of my live event- events and you've seen me speak from stage. And it kind of seems like, oh, Grace, you've best been doing this forever. You must have been born with the speaker genes, right? There's no such a thing as speaker genes. Honestly, when I was born, I was, as a little girl, I was very shy. I was the one that hid behind my mom's legs, you know, when we were, whenever we went into public and strangers would want to say hi to me. You know how when you see a, a little girl, and then you go, hi, what's your name? Right? I had that a lot. And I would just either bury myself in my mom's shoulders if she was carrying me. If she wasn't carrying me, then I would hide behind her legs and just kind of like look away. That was me. And this continued throughout my childhood. I didn't have the genes, you know, there's no such a thing as speaker genes. You know, I I, I really didn't I didn't feel like I could connect with people and I didn't feel like, and I wasn't the popular one either. And the interesting thing is that one of the most 
insecure things I had. I was so insecure about the sound of my own voice. I just cringed when I heard it, especially when I heard it on a recording or I heard an echo on the telephone. I just didn't like to hear my own voice. And that that is what I mean. To get to where I am now, speaking from stage, delivering messages, to be able to deliver and complex messages in a simple way so that it reaches a wider audience. All of that was learned. And you have to decide that you want to learn it. Right, the re- you have to decide that you want to learn it. You have you want to master the skill, and you want to be confident in speaking. So today, what I want to do is want to reverse engineer my process a little bit. I mean, there are some things that I did intentionally in order f- for myself to be able to speak confidently, both behind a microphone like I am now in this podcast, and from the stage when whether or not my audience is a couple hundred people or several thousand people, it is the same process. So what I want to do is give you 10, 10 secrets that I've learned to be able to speak confidently. Okay, so the secret number one is just to know, as I mentioned earlier, that speaking is a skill. Right, So that means that it can be developed. And it's good news because it doesn't mean that you have to be born with it. It doesn't mean that if you're not a speaker now that you can never be in the future. Right, So having that belief that it's a skill will shift your thinking in terms of knowing that this is something that is achievable for you. That there is a possibility for you to be a great speaker, a confident speaker, if you choose to develop that skill. Right, so one of the more one important skill for speaking is learning how to express yourself. Right, so if you are to focus on one thing right now and getting better at that skills, what so what is how do you what is the one thing to learn to get better at public speaking to be more confident at public speaking? I would say that to learn the skill of expressing yourself. You know, when you express yourself, when you express your ideas, it's expressing yourself. You're getting whatever is in your head that's very clear to you and you're bringing it out into the public. You are making it accessible, your knowledge, your ideas, yourself, right? So here's what I did. I'm not, not, I don't, I'm not saying that I'm recommending this, but I read the dictionary. And at that time, well, English was my second language and I wanted to be more fluent in it. I wanted to sound native. So I studied the dictionary and it wasn't just any dictionary. It was the dictionary of difficult words. So this was a specialized dictionary that was all hard words, right? But I did it because I wanted to have an a more expansive vocabulary so I can access that and be able to express myself more clearly. So I would say that you don't need to read the dictionary, but I would focus on expanding your emotional vocabulary. Because one of the things that will make you more confident is if you are able to express how you feel about certain things, how you felt in a certain situation, and how you and how you overcame it and what that felt like, right? Because when you are on stage and when you are wanting to be confident, it means that people can resonate with you. And the more that people can resonate with you, you sense it and it just elevates your confidence, right? So one way to resonate with people, one way to get that, to form that connection with your audience when you're speaking with them is to be able to have the vocabulary and to have the skills to express yourself, Right. So that's that's what I would say is the number one thing to develop is that that skill to develop to become more confident. The second secret is to make it about them. Right. You must have heard the saying that stage fright, the fear of public speaking is greater than the fear of death itself. Right. And so trust me, I had this, too. My first time speaking in public was in front of a classroom and my high school classroom consisted of 12 other students. It was a small village. 
that's where I went to high school, a very small village out in the prairie provinces of Canada. And 12 people in the audience. And I was just scared. You know, my limbs were shaking. I had a cold sweat on my palms. You know, I had the increased heart rate. And the thing about fear is it doesn't matter, like our body's physiological response. If we fear something, it doesn't matter if it's actually a life or death situation. The The response, the physiological response is just the same. So everything that I was experiencing when I was speaking in front of my high school classroom, of my 12 classmates, that fear of the increased heart rate, the palm sweating, the shaking, you know, the tenseness is the exact same physiological response I would have experienced if I was held at gunpoint or if someone was threatening my life. Your mind, your body doesn't know the difference. Right. So if you want to overcome your stage fright, if you want to be more confident, you have to overcome that fear. And the way to overcome it is by focusing on the audience. Right? Because you are when you are experiencing stage fright, when you have the fear of public speaking, the fear that's not different than a life or death situation, it's happening because you're making it about you. Right? You're focusing on yourself. It is a little bit of ego, but at the same time, it's worrying about, oh, how do I look? How do I sound? What if people say something about me? What if I'm getting criticized? What if I make a mistake? And what if I embarrass myself? You see, all of that conversation you're having in your mind, it's all about you. Right? So take your mind off of yourself and focus on connecting with your audience. Focus on how do I serve my audience with what I'm about to say? And when you do that and you shift that into thinking about them, then that's how you overcome stage fright. And that's how you become more confident. Because it's not about you. The reason why you're getting up on stage, the reason why you're getting up in front of that classroom is not because it's about you. It's because you have something important to say and people want to hear it. So come with it, approach it from that perspective, make it about them. The third secret is to visualize yourself as a confident speaker. I mean, this may be difficult and it may sound a little bit woo-woo, but trust me, it really works. At the moment, if you are listening to this and you are scared of public speaking, if you haven't done it before and you just wonder how people do it, right? And it seems so outside of your outside of your power, outside of your realm. Here's the thing. You've seen people You've seen a great speaker. If you've had that experience and you've seen someone speak and you just want to be like them, visualize what it would be like. If you've never been on stage before, just visualize what it would be like. You get to design the experience. You get to design the success you want as a public speaker. So what would that look like? So picture yourself on a stage. What does that stage look like? How many people are in the audience? What are the, what's the color of the lights that are shining on you? What are you wearing? What are you saying? How does your voice sound? How does your body language look? So visualize these things and visualize the minutiae, the details of it. So you're, you're visual. I know it's mental exercise. In your mind, you are designing the experience you want to have in your public speaking future. And when you design it that way, your actions will move forward, move towards what you're visualizing. Because what you focus on is going to expand. So what does that look like for you? And if you have been the public speaking and those and those events and those experiences were not the best. You just didn't you didn't come out of the experience feeling empowered or you felt like you made mistakes or you felt embarrassed by that public speaking experience. Then move from that. Forgive yourself, move on and visualize what is going to change. Visualize what you actually want and you will take actions to make that reality turn that into reality. So secret number 4 is to know your stuff. Right? You need to know your materials 
inside out and backwards. You need to know what you're talking about. Because the, on- the only way that you can be confident as you're delivering your message is if you know what you're talking about. And people will know, right? People are not, people are smart. They're not stupid. When they watch a person speaking from stage, if they don't know what they're talking about, you can pick that up. You can sense it. And when the audience starts to sense it, you will start to sense it and you will lose your confidence as well. So to be confident, to be a confident speaker, know your stuff so well that you can, you can weather any storm. You can be interrupted. You can have any, any objections from the audience, any objections or any criticisms, and you can navigate those criticisms. You can navigate that objection because that's how well you know your stuff. And when you know your stuff, you automatically are more confident. Right, so secret number five is to learn to tell stories. Stories are extremely important because people love a good story. And when you tell a story, people remember them more than they remember facts. Right? Have you, have you, have you ever had that experience when you're in a classroom and your teacher or your professor is standing in front of the classroom and all they're doing is drilling on you facts from the textbook or facts from scientific findings or they're just telling you facts. And when they teach at you, it's really hard to remember what they said. But have you ever been in a room in front of a speaker and they're telling you stories and in the story, they are weaving the facts, right? The facts are woven into their stories. You tend to remember those more. And the reason why is because you relate to stories they tell, right? Whenever you tell a story, in your mind, you picture the story a certain way, but every time an audience, as someone else hears your story, they are going to picture it the way that they'll picture it. And so you're giving them an experience. And experiences are a lot easier to remember than wrote facts, right? So learn how to tell stories and tell stories well and effectively. So you give them an experience. Secret number six is to dress confidently. Because the fact is, when you look good, you feel good. And when you feel good, you are more confident. So look at what is it that you need to wear? What are any accessories, any colors, specific patterns of clothing? You know, how comfortable do you like to feel? How like, how well do you like to have your, you know, your, your brand? How well does your clothing express who you are? Think about all these things and, and ask yourself, how do I need to look good? How, what do I need to wear? What do I need to, how do I need to dress myself? And how do I need to show up in order to feel good so that I feel confident? Right. And a lot of people overlook that. Right. So what I mean by overlooking it is I see a lot of speakers, they just want to be comfortable. So they're like, oh, I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm used to wearing a T-shirt and jeans. So that's how I'm going to show up. And then they go to the space where they're about to speak. And oh, lo and behold, everybody is a lot more formal than they are. They're just more formally or they are um, better, a slightly better dressed. And then they start to lose confidence because they feel like they are going to be drawing negative attention. So do your research on how you need to dress, right? Because of course you need to feel good. You need to feel comfortable. But at the same time, you don't want to be self-conscious as well. So do the research ahead of time on how you need to dress and how you need to show up so that you give yourself that edge and you don't, and you're not going to put yourself in a situation where you're going to lose that confidence because of how you dressed, right? So number seven, secret number seven is that practice makes permanent, so that's different, right? You must have be you must be familiar with the expression that practice makes perfect. But what I'm saying is that practice makes permanent. And what do I mean by that? 
What I mean is that whatever you practice, it's going to become your habit. That's going to be what's permanent for you. So that's why you want to make sure you're practicing the right thing. Right? That's how habits form because you keep doing the same thing over and over again. It just becomes a habit and you become really good at that thing you're doing. Whatever, you're, whatever has been your habit for years, you're really good at it. So you've been practicing it for many years, which means that practice has made what's permanent in your life. So make sure you're practicing the right thing. So when you are public speaking, you want to be practicing the right thing. If you are speaking and you're not confident in what you're saying or how you're or how you are delivering the message, and that's how you keep doing it, chances are you're going to be practicing the wrong thing. So how do you get good at practicing? How do you know what the right thing is to practice right? So I would recommend recording yourself. Recording yourself, watching it. How does that feel? How does that come across? Is that captivating? Is that interesting? Do you appear confident? Do you appear like you know what you're talking about? And if not, you need to make some iterations. You need to make some changes and practice the, the other thing that's going to make you come across confident and going to make you come across like you know what you're talking about. Right? You can also start by another way you can do it is practicing a small group of people. Start with people you know and then start introducing people that you don't know until it becomes a room full of people that you don't know. Right? Or you can volunteer speaking at a meetup group, hire a speaking coach. That always helps as well. I never did that. I never hired a speaking coach. It was really just being self-aware. I started in meetup groups, yes. Uh, and then, then I started to become invited to more and more groups like that, that were local of nature. And then it became international after that. But you have to start small. You have to start somewhere so that your name gets out there and that you start to have a feel of what works, what works for you and what works for, your, for audiences, right? But you need to find a way to get some feedback. So as you're practicing, as you're practicing, as you're practicing, right? You need to find a way to get feedback, is it working for your audience? Because you cannot know because you're not your audience. So find a way to get some feedback so that every iteration you do, every time you get on stage again, it's a new iteration and there are improvements. So secret number eight is to know your audience. You want to know who you're talking to. That's really important. So you need to do research on them. Every time you are invited to go to speak in front of an audience, no matter how large or small the audience is, Figure out who you're talking to. Who are they? What language do they use? Right? You want to use the language they use, not the language that you use. You know, because you, like, I'll give you an example. So I speak to a lot of professionals and the professionals that I talk to in my coaching programs, in my teaching programs, I am teaching professionals how to advance their career, right? These are professionals that are, they've had successful, they're already successful and they just want to get to that next level. The next level could be that they want to have a 20% raise in their income, or it could be that they want to have a lot more impact, or they want to get the best opportunities in their, in their companies, right? So the language they're using is that they want to get ahead in their career, or they want more success, or they want more impact. That's the language they would use. If I use a different language, like for example, if I said, if you're burned out, you know, you hate your job, you dread the, the Mondays, the Monday, the Monday mornings. That's not them because they wouldn't say that, right? My audience are not the people who would say, oh, I hate what I do. I'm so miserable in my job. That's not the language they use. And if I use that language, it wouldn't connect with them. They wouldn't find, they wouldn't be interested in what I'm saying. So you want to use the language that they use because it's about them. When you're on stage, whenever you're speaking, it's always about them. 
right? So always, and also figure out what challenges are they facing, because chances are they're going to be listening to you because they hope that what you say is going to help them with their challenges, right? So what are the complaints? What are they complaining about that you can address, right? What are the problems that they're trying to solve in their life, or in their business, or whatever your focus is, right? What are some problems that they're trying to solve? And you can speak to those problems. Tell stories of how you've been in a similar situation that, that, and you've overcome that problem, right? Get clear on the outcome. When they have challenges, when they're facing problems, what is it that they want? What outcome do they desire? What is their idea of a better future or where they want to be? When you know your audience, you can deliver that for them and you can better serve them. And when you do that, you know you are making a connection because you can feel it, that energy, you can feel it back and forth. And it also raises your confidence level. So secret number nine is not to dwell on your mistakes. Because here's the thing, you are going to stumble. You might use filler words. You might say ah and um. It might happen and chances are it's going to happen, especially if you're at the beginning of your speaking career, right? And, And you might notice that I might, I'm not the kind of person who uses a lot of ums or ahs. I don't do that. But it's not because I never did. I probably did when I was speaking in front of my high school classroom, you know, of 12 classmates and I was nervous and nervous. I probably did. I don't remember. But the thing is, when you are confident, when you know your material, when you feel confident, when you're visualizing yourself as a confident speaker and you are taking actions to get there, when you are honing that skill, when you are better able to express yourself and your ideas, when you have that vernacular around you, you naturally will not use filler words. You naturally will know what you want to talk about and your mind is thinking farther ahead than your mouth can speak. And that's that's what I've noticed about myself was when you hone it, when you get better at it in the, in the years and you expand your knowledge, you have a wealth of knowledge and you know your material really well and you've delivered it many times and your practice becomes permanent, then you already know what you want to say. You already know your material and you're already 10 steps ahead in your mind and your mouth just has to catch up. So that's why it's like you don't have time to use filler words. You know what I mean? And chances are in the beginning, you're going to stumble. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have to repeat something because you didn't mean to say that. And the, the secret is just to move on and don't draw attention to it. Because really, people are going to look at how you're delivering it and not necessarily remember exactly what you said word for word. So if you appear confident, if you put a little bit of acting in there and you don't draw attention to it and you kind of like feel, give the audience the experience that you meant to say it and you just move on, they're not going to dwell on it either. Right? The reason why things are embarrassing, the reason why mistakes on stage are embarrassing because, is because you are dwelling on them. And when you draw attention to it, your audience picks that up. Nobody in your audience is going to want you to fail. No one's going to be sitting in the audience looking at you from stage and saying to themselves, oh, I can't wait till they fall flat on their face. Right? They, they're going to root for you. The, because that because of the fact that you got on stage and you have that microphone in your hand or, or, or attached to your face, they already are cheering for you. Just know that and know that your audience doesn't want to see you fail. They're there and they're hoping you have something really inspiring to say. They're hoping that they're going to get a golden nugget out of it. But even if they don't, 
you're going to give them an entertainment factor. You're going to be giving them authenticity. You're going to be giving them an experience of you. Right? So that's what I mean. There's so many ways to frame that speech. So don't dwell on your mistakes. Because then secret number 10 is to practice your posture. I'm a strong believer that your posture is everything. Right? It it formulates it, it formulates your own perceptions of you and it is really a lot much like an inner game. Right. Public speaking, you can say there's strategies, there's there's tactics. Those, those are the outer game. Those are things that happen on the outside. But don't forget, public speaking activities like that are equally as much of an inner game. So when you change your physiology, when you change your posture, you're changing your physiology. It gives you more confidence. If you think about it, your posture changes with every emotion that you feel. If you think about a time where you were truly confident, you were genuinely confident, what was your posture? Chances are your head was held up high. Your back was straight. Your shoulders were back, you know, were more rolled back. Your chest was high, it was up, right? And your eyes were looking at least eye level or or a little higher. That's the posture of someone who's confident. And the opposite posture, someone who is feeling defeated, someone who is feeling a low self-esteem, the posture is a little bit lower. Their shoulders might be hunched. You know, their back is hunched. Their shoulders are rolled forward. Their eyes are looking a little bit lower than eye level. Their head is a little bit lowered. That's the posture of someone who's not confident, someone who has a low self-esteem. So just because you have a low self-esteem, just because you're feeling not confident, doesn't mean you cannot choose to change your posture. So change your posture through your emotions, right? You might be on stage right now feeling nervous, for example, feeling like you don't have it together, feeling that you don't have what it takes. Despite those feelings, just make a choice to change your posture, So in other words, acting as if you are super confident, acting as if you were the star on the stage, change the posture to match that image. And when you do that, you're going to find that you assume that identity. It gives you more confidence. Because when you change your physiology, there's a certain energy that flows with it. It's a confident energy. It is a higher energy. It is a better energy to deliver what you need to deliver to your audience who's waiting to hear what you have to say, right? So practice a confident posture and know for yourself and picture for yourself, what does that look like? You can practice it in front of a mirror. You can practice it while having someone recording you and look and look to see for yourself how you appear with certain postures, right? So these are the 10 secrets to speaking confidently. And and I just want to summarize them. I mean, know that speaking is a skill. So therefore you can develop it. Make it about them, not about you. Focusing about them. So taking your mind off yourself. Visualize yourself as a confident speaker. Know your stuff so that you can deliver it with confidence, right? Learn how to tell stories because stories are what connects you with them. Dress confidently so that you look good and feel good and be more confident. Practice makes permanent, so make sure you're practicing the right thing. Know your audience so that you can deliver to them what they want to hear, and that builds your confidence as you see them connecting with you. Don't dwell on your mistakes, because people pick up on it. 
and practice your posture because when you change your physiology, it gives you more confidence. So what have you learned? If you have, if you're listening to this and you've had this aha moment and you know what you're going to change and when you know what you're going to implement, I encourage you, I challenge you to implement it right away. Make note of what you're going to change the next time you get on stage or the next time you take up a microphone. So if you learned something and if you have questions, I invite you to give me your honest feedback on iTunes, Apple iTunes. Give me a positive review there as well. Your reviews are very important to me. And if you have questions or comments, let me know. Let me know in the review what you learned and what you are going to implement the next time you get on stage. If you don't use Apple iTunes, not a problem at all. Just visit careerrevisionist.com and choose your favorite podcast platform. I'm on Android. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Google Podcast. So just go visit me there and leave your positive and your honest feedback and let me know what you are going to implement the next time you get on stage. So thanks for listening to that episode and I look forward to hanging out with you again on the next episode of Career Revisions.